Hi-ho and welcome, Venturers, to episode two of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. To make sure you're all geared up with the latest information, follow all of our social media accounts at Venture Maidens on Twitter and Instagram, and you can like our Facebook page as well. We also have a YouTube channel where you can find the log of all of our campaigns, games, and general shenaniganery. Speaking of getting geared up, make sure you've got some Dwarven Rations. Dwarven Rations make artisanal cakes with a dedication to quality. For over 20 years, they've been making these delightful rum cakes in Bermuda and shipping them worldwide. You can order from a variety of flavors. Traditional, lemon and Madagascar vanilla, chocolate, light and fluffy, yet brownie-like, swizzle, Michigan cherries, apricots, pineapple, orange, and lemon, like a rum punch, coconut, made with coconut shreds and is reminiscent of a pina colada, and rum and ginger, apricots and ginger in the spirit of a dark and stormy. And each box includes a random dice included with your cake. These delectable cakes are fantasy-themed and made by a dedicated group of gamers, nerds, and artists. To find out more, head to their webpage at docglass.com slash dwarvenrations. Now, before we jump back into the action... Last time on Rime of the Frost Maidens, our heroes investigated a string of thefts in the remote town of Kerkonig, and discovered underdark denizens known as Durgar are responsible for the petty crimes. Our crew has trekked out onto the tundra in pursuit, and is now infiltrating a snowy bunker. And that's what happened! Everybody can see us. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our playthrough of Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden. Uh, for those who are new here, welcome. Uh, we are playing through the published module from Wizards of the Coast, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden, uh, of which I had the privilege of being one of the writers uh, for this module. So I am very, very excited to be running this fine crew uh, through through the events, uh, taking you all to Icewind Dale, which is a very frost scary place. Uh, before we go around and do cast intros, I just want to remind everybody that this is a horror-based campaign, uh, which means that there are definitely dark themes that present themselves in the course of the show. Um, things like cannibalism, suffocation, uh, body horror, things like that um, are going to be present in this game. So if those things are triggers for you, this may not be the stream for you to watch. Um, but enough of that. That stuff. Let's go around and meet all of our wonderful cast. Um, my name is Celeste Conowich. I will be your dungeon master. Joe. All right. <laughs> Alphabetical. <That's> right. <laughs> took, took me a minute. I'm Joe. I'll be playing Gob, your uh, North fighter. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm going to be playing Minerva Tinkerbobble, your human divination wizard. Hi, I'm Nassim, and I'm playing your Kalishtar cleric, Xena Orendi. 
And I am Sage. I will be your birthday druid, Inga. I decided that we have the same birthday because she's obviously a winter baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I'm Vincent, your very sultry changeling warlock. Yes! Uh, so welcome, everybody! Uh, this is a awesome cast of characters. We had uh, our set our first episode last week and our session two weeks ago, and our session zero before that. So this is only our second ever full episode playing with this crew. Uh, so I'm wondering how you all are going to do... So great. Uh, so that is where we are picking up uh, this week. Basically, Xena and Veronica uh, right now are at the top of this well, um, looking out into this very large room, which is clearly the room that was behind the set of main entryway doors. So you're in like the main entry hall. Uh, there are some cages uh, that are in the corner of the room. One of those cages had contained this zombie ogre, uh, which Xena had put to sleep with her magic. Uh, there's an empty cage there as well. And then a cage that has two very nervous looking goats uh, who are now just kind of peering around, you know, bleeding at each other and just looking around the room. Uh, so that's the scene before you. You also see that uh, there are two hallways that lead off of this room, uh, one on the southern side of the room, one on the eastern side. Uh, and then in the northwest corner, uh, there is another passageway that leads off. Um, so you have three directions now, and I think the rest of you were down below, uh, still, you know, at the bottom of the well in that pipeline that has like a, a few inches of frozen water down below. Um, so that is the situation. So Xena and Veronica, what are you doing? I think kind of the, the action moment is, is on the both of you right now. Mm, well, we'd probably motion for everyone to come up but very quietly mm -hmm. and then take up positions against a wall to make sure no one just walks in and sees us standing in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah. So you all had managed to throw down a rope uh, that Xena was able to climb before. Um, so are all of you just kind of scurrying up the rope? Yeah, might as well. Indubitably. Get out of this tube. Inga, how does that work as a druid? I'm so happy you any asked, because I was issues? thinking that. <laughs> or, uh, sorry, as a centaur. Um, any issues there, or still do you have a strategy? Wolf, for right? Yeah, you were a wolf. I had I had taken the shape of a wolf. Um, I should... <laughs> yeah, I need, to, I need a form with them. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Let's see. Well, hmm... She is proficient with athletics, so I feel like I feel like she would be able to muscle up um using like just her her forearms changing back into her regular self. Mm. Pull yeah, herself okay. up. Um, I think, you know, between the rope, all of your companions helping you. Uh, she also I has a climbing kit that she could use to like to help like between the rope and like digging in with some pythons into the side. I was just going to say, uh, you could be the last one up and kind of hold on to it, and the rest of us could kind of yank, yank you up, because we probably don't want to leave a rope behind. Yeah. Yeah. So, while we all are doing this, uh, why don't we go ahead and make a group stealth check to uh, just start things off? Because, you know, you <laughs> are in a big stone room, uh, very echoey, it's dark, it's, you know, not the best sneaking conditions. Thirteen. Okay. 12. I've got a 21. Dirty 20. Oh, two. 
Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, you are very lucky because I rolled a one and a two. So nobody seems to notice. Uh, you do make some noise, especially trying to get Inga, you know, out of this round kind of circle. You do have to like fold your body in sort of strange and uncomfortable ways uh, to get up there. But you do all manage to make it quietly enough. Uh, so you all are standing in this room. Um, so you have, you know, these three passageways in front of you uh, and, you know, a, a zombie ogre that is snoring um, grossly in the corner. I imagine it's very mucus, heavy, very wet <laughs> sound. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, can we perceive any sounds, uh, you know, behind the... Uh or other than the, the zombie ogre sawn logs. Than the snoring. Yeah. Um, I Let's see. Why don't you go ahead and maybe make a perception check for me if you're trying to listen uh, specifically for anything. I guess guidance. <sighs> okay, Ooh. a 12 plus... That's uh, a 14. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you are, you know, you're listening and... It is very hard to hear anything over the sounds of snoring. And then, like, the, the gentle just... Bleh, bleh, bleh coming from the the goats who are now have kind of stood up in their cage uh and are like pressing their heads against the bars um towards all of you should we should we free these goats no they're probably <laughs> only going to make a lot more noise so just let them stay where they are for now i oh, agree with veronica that's cruel but okay okay well well come back all right, you promise. All right, you promise. Gob, I hate to tell you, we're gonna take them back, and unless they're given milk, they're gonna be eaten anyway. So, oh, they'll be fine. Oh dear. Zena wants to co- quietly comfort them for just a second, just to help them relax a little bit and be like, "We're we will return for you. Be patient and like give a little pat on their foreheads." Oh, make an animal handling for me. Let me see see if you can calm these goats. 19. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, of course she can. <laughs> the of most soothing can. goat calmer yeah, ever. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, they they respond immediately to you coming over to them with this gentle gesture. Uh, it is very clear that these are domesticated goats. Uh, so when they see a person they perceive as, you know, the humans who probably owned them back in Karakonig, um, you're similar enough to them. Um, they, they respond and immediately are quiet and very happy as you're, you know, petting their little foreheads Cute. and they kind of calm down. Oh, great job. I wish my daughter was like Xena. Oh. <laughs> They're going to say, I wish uh, my daughter was like the goats. And I was like, oh. Was like the goats? <laughs> well, at least she'd listen then. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. We're being very quiet as we argue. Right. <laughs> uh, so... Are there any, like, uh, visual differences between the three exits to this room? Uh, so you can kind of tell uh, the passageway down to the south ends in a door, um, and the passageway to the east also ends in a door. These doors are identical. Uh, you can see that the northwest section is more of like a wider hallway uh, that continues for a while and then turns a corner. So you're not quite sure um, what is going on down there. Are there any markings on the walls at all? 
Um, no, uh, there are no markings here. There are also no areas for torches. Uh, it is completely dark here. So it is, you know, all your dark vision. So it, it honestly seems like this is a very Spartan structure, um, that is built purely for utility, uh, is, is your guess here. Cause I mean, as you're also looking back at the, um, the front entryway doors, there is a pit that has been dug there, uh, with a drawbridge that is currently in the down position. Uh, but you know that if somebody wants to defend the gate, they could raise that up uh, and then, you know, create this pit. So clearly this is a, like, a fortress meant to defend uh, and, you know, for military purposes. No one goes through all this work to not defend something of value, so we should tread lightly. There might be other traps that we don't see. Um, can I actually, um, I have a feature from being an archaeologist, uh, where I can kind of tell the like purpose of the building and like who created it. Is this like Durgar thing? I think I get like advantage. Yeah. So probably advantage on what, like a history check, yeah. I'm guessing if it's archeology. span Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, roll that with advantage and see what you can um, get. Okay. That is a 19 plus five, 24. Ooh. Okay, uh, so looking at the structure, the the hallmarks, the architecture, it is definitely of Dorvan make, you would say probably specifically Durgar, because it is so much less decorative um, than than dwarves are known for. Um, I mean, you're looking around, you know, this, this structure, it is not meant to be aesthetically pleasing. It is not meant to be welcoming in any way. This is a Durgar base uh, that has been built for the purpose probably of defense and then probably for also hosting soldiers or weaponry right now it does seem pretty empty though um but the size of this thing it could hold a lot a lot of troops if needed gotcha oh you might also notice too i mean this fortress with a 24 i mean that's pretty good this fortress is very close to the dwarven valley um that rests under kelvin's cairn and it's also pretty close uh, to Kerr Koenig. So this would be a really good spot if somebody wanted to launch either an assault on the dwarves of Kelvin's Cairn uh, or on Kerr Koenig, or both, I think would occur to you. Yikes. All right. I will relay this information to the squad. Uh, Inga is going to... Um, she's going to head over to the goats and she'll cast speak with animals. Be like, oh. oh. Too. <laughs> <laughs> just go, skip right. the middleman. Just go right to the source. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These goats, though. Um, okay, so there there are two goats, I'll say. Uh, one is all white with kind of a notched ear, and then there is sort of like a, a piebald kind of um, black, white, and brown goat. Um, who was maybe a little smaller than the other one. Which goat are you <laughs> talking to? Uh, so, challenges. Oh, so she can, yeah. Like, uh, they can talk to... Both, both of them, she just gains oh, the ability to, like, understand them, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's she's gonna, you know, very calmly head up to them, very much in the way that Xena did, and be like, and, you know, fold her legs in underneath herself and lie down on the ground, and she'll be like, oh, hello, friends. Um, we are looking for the it's probably small, creepy creatures, kind of, like, squat, short, sometimes they turn the big... Probably put you in cage. Do you know which direction they last went? Uh, 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 um, uh, and they kind of turn around and look, uh, uh, that way, uh, that way, <laughs> uh, 
that way. And they look at all three of the, uh... <laughs> Hungry! Oh, yes, of course. And she's going to, yeah, pull out, uh, pull out some, like, dried, dried bark and, like, hand it off to them. Oh, yeah, they get their weird tongues all over it and start, <laughs> you know... <laughs> How many... Like lot a lot that have gone through here, only few. How long time ago? Pretty, pretty uh-huh. soon. And they look at each other more uh, than us. Okay, <laughs> thank you for your help. So you know it's more than two. <laughs> She'll them. Numbers, I think, are particularly challenging for animals. Sure, and. Uh, she'll turn to everyone else. Well, seems the Sandy Tunnel is as good as any. Uh, there are at least more than two that live here. Great. Uh, Real great. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh. Yeah. She, she kind of like rolls her eyes a little bit, like, never talk to the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think God would kind of gesture maybe towards the hallways. Um, uh, no. No doors to deal with. Maybe we can creep along. Uh, I don't want this guy to wake up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All, right. yeah. <laughs> all right. So do you all want to kind of creep as a unit towards that northwest um, hall? Scooby-Doo sure. style. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you do. Uh, you, you continue down this hallway here, um, and you see uh, that in front of you stretches a long room, which is divided in the middle by two open doorways, um, and it stands empty. In the far southwest corner, an iron level lever sticks out of the wall. Um, and you can see that beyond that, there is another building that curves sharply, or another passageway uh, that continues sharply to the south. I really want to pull that lever. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. Uh, Zeno's going to walk directly over to it and, like, stare at it from below. (laughs) Okay. Uh, As you walk on over there... Okay. Excuse me. Um, so you you walk on over there and you get around the corner and you know this lever is right there in front of you and now from your vantage point you can see that to the south there is a door, um, and the door is closed. Lucky you. I think, uh, creep up next to it. Is there any? Um, or can I discern what the lever might be connected to? Is there any chains or anything? Uh, that uh, you are sort of looking around the room uh, and you get the impression that the lever uh, goes up into a pulley system that kind of disappears into the wall uh, of the place. And that's kind of all you can see visually. Oh, that is tempting. <laughs> oh. mm. <laughs> Kids. What are you all doing? I'm sure I describe what I'm seeing from the lever. Um... I don't recommend we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. On the way out, we'll, we'll get that too. It'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. So these these two rooms side by side, there's nothing really 
Right. So it's like um, that that room that is open to the main room, uh, that is a big rectangle that is attached to this other square room that has the levers. And there are the two doorways uh, that segment those rooms. Um, and, uh, and the doorways are just open and, you know, w- weird. Uh, and then to the south, uh, there is a door that is closed. And those are all your directions. <laughs> gesture to the to the south there's nothing of interest otherwise i'm gonna um send jingles up to the door quietly and i'm just gonna kind of let my consciousness go into jingles and see if he can hear anything on the other side of the door okay uh all right go ahead and make a perception check for me i think with advantage for jingles double fives hot damn um jingles can't i mean it's still so loud the ogre snoring and because there's no furniture in this place so it is just echoing um okay though nobody has come to examine it so uh maybe you know the sleeping ogre is probably nothing of note to whoever might be here so many just kind of like goes a little slack for a little bit then goes Not Jingles is is apparently having a hard day. Uh, Jingles reaches up a shaking foot <laughs> and kind of like scratches at the inside of their ear. So I don't think he can hear Elvis <laughs> wheezing. <laughs> it's, it's quite loud. No, no. Just existing <laughs> is a trial, really, for Jingles. No, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I suppose I'd, I'd kind of scooch Jingles out of the way, and um, if there's like a doorknob or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll there try is. it. Yeah. <clears throat> look back. All right. And, uh, so you try it, and it turns. It's not locked. Mm. I don't trust yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Be wary. <laughs> okay. And as you open it, what you see, a stone-carved bed and desk occupy this drab room. Atop the desk are several shards of dark crystal, as well as a crumpled up piece of paper and a burlap sack draped over a glowing object that emits colored light that shifts from blue to green to red. So you kind of take all this in, and then you see that standing in a corner of the room um, by this bed, you see a Durgar, which is about a three and a half foot tall uh, individual with a dark gray skin and kind of red eyes. Uh, You do see that they have like half armor on right now, like maybe they were in the process of putting on armor or taking off armor. And I think there is this moment where, you know, you open the door and this figure turns around and kind of looks at you blinking with the red eyes. Uh, And then you hear a series of, you speak Dorvish, right? Yeah, I do. Dorvish curses. uh, And then this figure disappears. Get in here, close the door. Uh, (laughs) I will rush the area i think he was and just try to try to tackle all right i think think, let's go ahead and roll some initiative uh at this point (laughs) here (laughs) wow first initiative oh Ah! my god natural 20 on a fucking freaking initiative on initiative initiative. (laughs) yeah what a waste whoa okay uh so uh, xena what did you get (laughs) i didn't roll i was just staring at my actions (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, you have to roll, yes, baby. I, um, I got seven. Okay, seven and Cobb. Uh, 22. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, and Veronica. 14. 
Uh, 14. Um, and Minerva. I also got a 7. <laughs> okay. Uh, Xena Minerva, dare I ask whose dexterity is higher? I have a plus 3. It's it's her. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Okay, Get Minnie it. is fast. Minnie moves like lightning. Uh, that's how she stayed alive. <laughs> Jogging grandma. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and then Inga. Ten. Ten, okay. Da-da-da. And let me go ahead and roll some stuff. Oh, they Oh, they slow. Oh, they slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they slow. Get faster. Okay. Get faster. <laughs> um, all right. This is fine, gentlemen, uh, staring you all down at the moment. Um, so, well, not anymore. He's invisible now. Mm. Uh, or gone. Who knows? Uh, but, Gob, so you are charging across the room and trying to tackle this figure where you think they were? Yeah. Just rushing out, you know, fists out, you know, trying to make myself as, as wide as my toddler body can manage. <laughs> <Will allow>. um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just gonna try and get him with a uh, a melee attack. Okay, so rolling at disadvantage since this is an invisible target. Okay, lower one's an eight plus six is fourteen. Okay, uh, so a fourteen is not gonna do it. As you go ahead and you kind of like grasp the air where this figure was standing, you don't get the satisfaction of feeling anything. Uh, yeah, I just look around, very wary. Um, that's what I got. <laughs> so, Veronica, we come to you. Uh, I think the door is still open. You had seen Gob basically run into the room and be like, close the door! And then I think because Gob was the only one who stepped in there, was probably the only one who actually saw this Durgar. Oh, um, <laughs> so, so from your perspective, yeah, you just see Gob run in and into the corner of this room. Mm. <clears throat> So Veronica's going to go in, slam the door behind her, and then cast Armor of Agathis on herself. Mm, as like a cool. cold, like chill comes in and there's just like this icy sheen all over her body. <laughs> we know you're nice. in here. You can't hide from us. Ooh. Mm. Scary. Uh all right, anything else? Or are you kind of just stand in, in front of the door? In front of the door in case it tries to escape. Okay, so um, that would mean that Xena, Minerva, and Inger are on the other side of the door. I will say, okay. keep an eye out in case anyone else shows up. We'll deal with this. And then, and you slam it. <laughs> Neat. Okay, so uh, so Gob and Veronica, you are now in the room, maybe with an invisible creature. Uh, <laughs> it's the situation here. Okay, uh, and then let's see here. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? Who knows? <laughs> Surrender. All right. So right. <laughs> I think that, yes, good. So you close the door and you say that. Uh, and then immediately, Veronica, you feel like air kind of moving uh, at your side as this figure becomes visible once again. But not only are they just visible, they seem to be growing to a very, very large size as this dwarf that stood maybe three and a half feet begins to double as they are enlarging themselves into this corner. And you see that they are bearing this horrible war pick uh, that they must have picked up right in that moment before turning invisible. And this figure says something very cold and chilling to you uh, in a language that, Veronica, do you speak Dwarven? I do not. Okay, that you don't understand. Uh, and But Gob, you just get the idea, like, now you die, trespasser. 
comes out of this. Just trash talk. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this Dwarven figure bellows very, very loud. Um, and all of you here, so Xena, Minerva, Inga, this very large basso sound that comes out and kind of rings around these echoing halls here. Uh, and you know that if there is anybody else, uh, they definitely heard that sound. Mm. Yes. Uh, so that is going to be my Durgar's turn, uh, which is going to bring us to Inga. Uh, Inga is going to... Let's see here. She is going to uh, pull out her sling and get a couple of rocks ready, and she's going to hold her action until someone gets within uh, 20 feet for her to make a sling a sling a rock at. Makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, and then we go ahead and we go to Minnie. Uh, yeah. Minnie is just going to uh, kind of stand and wait for a cue either from behind the door or from in front of her. Uh, and she doesn't really have any weapons, so she's gonna eat some trail mix. (laughs) 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 On my turn. (laughs) So ready! Uh, alright, and then, Xena, what are you doing? Uh, I'd like to see invisibility, uh, just in case the door pops open and something comes through or something comes from another hallway. Very Um. cool, alright. So, for that, uh, what what does that look like when you cast that spell? Let's, uh, it- I probably, my thing is I like to glow whenever I use my powers, mm-hmm. and it's a different color depending, one of my three favorite colors, depending on the intent of the spell. And this is pretty harmless, so it's going to be a, a light blue, a minty blue glow that just kind of like puffs out almost as if I've misted, <laughs> and then it goes away. Extremely cool. Right. Neat. So, uh, so you do that, whoo, and then, uh, you, you know that if an invisible creature comes your way, you can see them. Um, all right. Uh, and then Gob, we come back up to you. So now there is a very large, uh, Duergar who is towering over Veronica, uh, with this gigantic war pick. I will, uh, say, you ain't so big. <laughs> and, uh, I will rush up to it, um, and, uh, try to do, a uh, another another melee melee whack, and if that lands, I'll do something else. All right, uh, go ahead and try and roll this. Hey, seventeen plus six. Uh, what is that? Uh, twenty three or twenty one? Twenty three. Ah, br- math. Yeah, that'll uh, definitely hit. Very good. Um, and with that, I will use one of my superiority dies to do Ooh. a grappling strike. I think I, I rush up to it and do like a kick near his uh, leg or, or butt and then um, do a little uh, quick scurry up his back and wrap my uh, my legs around his neck and uh, grapple that son of a gun. All right, let's do but, it. Uh, yeah, I am getting yeah. Ooh, I am getting advantage on this though because I am enlarged, so. Right. Um, yes. The regular damage, though, for the the first hit was uh, max, which is pretty nice. Uh, 12 bludgeoning damage. Ooh! Uh, yeah, that um, doesn't seem great. That's pretty hard. Kick in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> kick, kick, kick him in the ass uh, for 12 points of damage. Right, and um, athletics. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I got a 28. So Ooh, add a, what the hell? Superiority um, die to the athletics. Uh, that's, that's nice. I got powerful thighs. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, go! Yeah, as this little gob climbs up this giant duo guard. Yeah, because I only got a 19. Uh, so what does it look like when you, because you're, grapp- you're a small creature grappling a large creature. So what is going on here? How is that happening? I think I'm just, uh, you know, with little uh, north thighs around your neck. I kind of twist left and right, and it's uh, just a little too distracting to um, maybe move around too much, and I'm just going to try and just wail on his head. Uh, yeah, I imagine you're probably, you've got him around his neck, so he's like suffocating, so he's trying to like get you off in this moment, and you do see, I mean, Veronica, like, this <laughs> this Durgar clearly was not expecting uh, this attack, and you know, they're trying to balance the war pick in one hand and like pull Gob off of their neck, uh, and it's just making these, yeah, bellowing, choking sounds of frustration uh, as this is happening. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, so which is going to bring us to, uh, yes, uh, so coming around the corner, Zena, Minerva, Inga, uh, you're standing on the other side of this door right now, and you hear sounds of uh, cursing coming from around the corner, and you hear a sound of like a creature in pain. Like, and then you hear like a sound uh, and big stomping feet uh, as you see this this zombie ogre has been woken and is kind of shambling their way towards you all. Uh, And you see flanking behind it um, another duogar. So sort of similar looking uh, in style and dress uh, to the one that I showed you on screen. Uh, But this is clearly a a female duogar. And she's like putting on this helmet uh, as she's running around. um, And you can see that on the end of her war pick uh, is some like greenish blood uh, where maybe she struck this ogre to wake it up. So you see these two creatures coming around. Uh, so Inga, uh, the I will say either of them is within 20 feet if you would like to go ahead and use your action. That is a 23 to hit. Oh, yes. Uh, which one are you hitting? Uh, I will go for the uh, for the Duergar, for the woman. Okay. And six damage. Ow! Um, yeah, so six damage. Um, so you get strike her as she comes around this corner. Um, and she just, yeah, kind of bats to the side and, like, straightens things out. And you see, like, gets into this very stocky, like, pose where she's about to, like, charge uh, and, and wreck your day. Cool. So that's going to be them. And then, Veronica, we come to you. <laughs> Veronica's going to take advantage of this Durgar that's, like, struggling profusely trying to get gob off uh, to just cleave her axe right into it uh a 19 to hit and yeah yeah that's gonna do it yeah nine damage as her axe slashes across the front of it Ooh, yeah um you get a great hit uh onto this guy who luckily has made himself a very big target um so yeah you get that hit off um, and he is bleeding a lot. Uh, you all have done quite a number on him very, very quickly. Cool. So that is going to bring us now to the Duergar's turn. So what is the effect I'm under? I am currently grappled. Yeah. So it's just a uh, speed of zero. Um, yeah, it's not incapacitated or anything. It's just uh, I'm a pain in the ass until you get me off. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, so I think then he is going to go ahead and try and bring his war pick um, up, he's gonna do a maneuver where he's basically hitting behind himself to drive it uh, into you as you're climbing around the back of his neck here. So we go ahead and see if he can pull it off. 
Um, all right. So an 18, is that going to hit oh, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. And I am doing double damage right now because I am enlarged. So here we go. Um, okay. Ooh, eight plus four, 12 plus two. So that's going to be 14 piercing damage. Ooh. As he lands a heavy blow and you just, you hear ripping and crunching as this thing is driven into your back, barely missing your spine. My body. (laughs) Your body. (laughs) It's probably him. It's not me. Don't worry about it. And you just hear, get off. (laughs) Uh, In in Dwarven uh, being yelled at to you, uh, which is going to bring us down to uh, Inga. Now it is your turn. Uh, let's just go ahead and say the ogre zombie and the Sturgar are exactly 20 feet away, um, kind of running towards you all. Brilliant! She is actually going, she's going to pocket her sling, and she, because of her equine features, she is going to charge at them and pull out her scimitar and get a slash at uh, the uh, this lady here. All right. And that is, ooh, snap, a 22 to hit. Uh, yeah. All rolling hot. (laughs) That'll be five damage. And then when she uses her, when she makes a charge, she can use her bonus action to get in a nice hoof kick. And so she's going to (laughs) get right for the shins. (laughs) (laughs) Insult to injury. Let's go. Oh, that is not not good. Um, That is... A seven, so that's, that's definitely not gonna hit. Going to bounce off of her very heavy scale mail that she is wearing. And that is my turn. Okay. Um, alright. So that is gonna bring us to Minnie. What's up? Uh yeah, so she she drops her big grandma purse that she was rummaging through when she sees them coming in, and uh she's just gonna squint over and adjust her goggles and you're like, oh, madam, you're looking a bit cold, and cast Firebolt on her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> at the at the Duergar? Um, and that's going to be uh, 14 plus 5, 19. Yes, that will hit. And that'll be a And that's going to be three points of fire damage. Ow! Uh, so you are making her armor hot, uh, and you can see, yes, some of that heat uh, is penetrating, and she does not look stoked. Okay, uh, and then that's going to bring us to Xena. I would like to cast Guiding Bolt on the one closest to entering the room. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty evenly matched between the Duergar woman, who has taken several blows so far, and the ogre zombie who has not been damaged by you. Hmm. How is the the Lady Duergar looking? She looks like she's still got a pretty good fight in her. Seeing as how they're the, the ones robbing from people and maybe they're just enslaving this poor zombie <laughs> creature. <laughs> you, oh, no. I mean, you have seen him in a cage, uh, and clearly she hit him with her weapon to wake him up from your yeah, spell. Yeah, that's so. not how you motivate your employees. So, uh, we're, we're gonna go. <laughs> probably oh. not an employee. This is probably a, an indentured servitude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to shoot at the Duergar. Uh, I, do I make a save, or do you spell uh, It's a ranged spell attack. So, 15. 
15 is going to miss. I think she ducks out of the way as this happens. Uh, so you just clip her war pick. Um, this is a very capable fighter, combat ready to deal with mages. Um, so that misses. Uh, but Gob, we are coming back up to you at this point. Uh, so you have just taken yeah. a serious blow to the back, uh, but you are still grappled uh, onto the Stuargar. Right. Um, as part of my unarmed fighting, I get a deal of, a freebie 1d4 to a person that I'm grappled. Oh, cool. Is that, what is that move? Are you crushing the windpipe? I just, uh, just do a, a, a headbutt, I think. Oh, no. Down on his noggin. Oh. Uh, for three bludgeoning damage. And then as it come, is it Veronica? Uh, the, the lantern. Remember the lantern. And then I, uh, just, you know. Try to do another whale on this uh, Duergar's head. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love it. You're doing this with your fists? Yeah, I'm a an armed fighter, so I just, <laughs> yes. just got big knobby knuckles. Um, does a 17 Red hit? <laughs> a 17 will do it, oh, yes. Yeah, nice. Awesome. <laughs> knobby gob. Ooh. Yeah, 16 is your number, so. Uh, okay, that is really nice. Uh, 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh! <gasps> As I ring that bell. Woo. Please welcome to the uh, stage, Nobby Knuckles. <laughs> Nobby! Uh, <laughs> all right. So you see the gray uh, of the Stuargar's face getting more of a deep purple as you have been like locked around his throat and are just pummeling him here um, over and over again. And as you, you know, strike that blow, you hear a cracking sound. Um, I'm going to say if you would like to kill the Stuagar, you certainly can. Or if you would like to do this non-lethally, I'll give you that option since you're using your fists. No, definitely non-lethal. Um, okay. Just in case we need uh, an out, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, just to say, this is for the one goat. It's for the other goat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just ride him down to the ground like... Uh, yeah, yeah. You you KO uh, this guy as he just, you know, in that final hit with that crunching sound. Like, you know, the, the his red eyes kind of like spin and roll back in his head to show the whites as he just topples down. Uh, and you see, you know, as the large body lands, it shrinks back uh, to its original size as you have now just this regular sized Duergar passed out underneath you. Cool. I think um, uh, just with uh, for my bonus action, I'll do my second wind and just uh, hand on and say, oh, oh, catch my breath and, and get some health back. Ooh, yes. Um, okay. Uh, and then that is going to take us uh, outside. So uh, you have an ogre zombie. Inga, you are standing like right there um, in front of the ogre zombie and the Stuargar. So let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, all right. First off, uh, she is going to try and hit you with her war pick. So let's go. Um, that's going to be an 18. Will that hit you? Yes, that will hit. Okay. So here we go. Um, that's going to be four piercing damage uh, as she clocks her war pick right into you here. Um, and then the ogre zombie is also going to take a swing. So you see that uh, this ogre zombie has picked up this club that really just has a bunch of like nails uh, that has been shoved into it sort of making... Oh yes, Katie. Uh, actually, Minnie is just gonna suddenly remember this dream she had last night with an oh, ogre no. <laughs> who just totally whiffed when they tried to uh, attack us and the ogre is going to roll a natural one from my poor 
portents. Oh, your freaking portents? Is that what that <laughs> Hell is? Yeah. 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 Divination wizard. So yeah, you see the ogre <laughs> brings up this like club with nails in it and like just seems to forget what's happening for a moment and then kind of like swings it like they've never swung a weapon before and looks over at the female Durgar who looks pissed and he's just like young man and yeah she curses uh, Adam and you hear footsteps uh, coming from behind you as clearly two more uh, boot steps are, are running uh, into this combat so you think there are probably two more Durgar uh, about to arrive on the scene next round. Ooh, uh, which is going to bring us uh, to V, uh, Veronica. We are at you. So uh, the Dukar in the room is now down. You can definitely hear the sounds of combat happening on the other side of the door. Ooh, well, time to go outside and help everyone else. I'll look over at Gum. Are you going to make it? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. Oh. <laughs> Take your time. Catch your breath. We'll see you in a moment. I will, <laughs> Veronica will turn around and like swing open the door. <laughs> like, and you, yeah, just chaos <laughs> just in reveal, front of you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can clearly see now, uh, just around, you know, the corner through those two doorways, uh, your companions engaged in battle with a, the zombie ogre and, uh, this female Durgar. Ooh, okay. Uh, how far away is a Durgar from the door? Uh, 20 feet, let's just say. Simple. I will run up and swing that axe. All right. Uh, 17. Uh, 17 will just make it uh, through this armor, which has now been dented by a few good hits here. Uh, So go ahead and roll that damage. Uh, 13 damage. That was max. Yes. As I will spin forward and just get away from my friend. (laughs) Uh, that is uh, very rude. Um, so that looks like a great hit on her. And as her blood kind of spurts out there, you see that she has grown visibly weaker. Um, so she is, she's barely hanging in there. And that'll be it for me. Okay. Uh, and then my, well, my Duogar is unconscious. So that is <laughs> in the room is out. So Inga, uh, we are going to you. So now, uh, Veronica has joined you in this melee cluster here. Hey, girl. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> we are going to keep slashing away with this scimitar at this lady. Hey, lady. Hi, Larder. That is a 17 to hit. Uh, yeah, that's that'll do. Just making it. That's, I love it. That's going to be another five damage. Okay, uh, all right, and with that, how do you want to take her out? Oh, nice, yeah, as soon as, soon as Veronica makes this huge entrance, joins the fray, and I, I, think, I feel like it catches this woman, like, a little bit off guard between the troll fucking up and everything, and she just takes this moment to, like, with her one of her hooves, kind of, like, gets her in the back of the knee so she's in a, like, a vulnerable position. And then she just, like, slushes clean across uh, the front of this of this Jorgar. Yeah. Uh, and as you do, yeah, she just surprised all the way. Um, she drops to the ground. Surprise, mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> Shocked! Uh, all right. <laughs> and that is going to bring us around to Minnie. Uh, so you see that this woman has dropped. Uh, but the zombie ogre is still up, and you can hear those two uh, Durgar coming uh, swiftly down the way. Um, okay, so Minnie is going to uh, 
now focused on the ogre. Just give it like the nastiest mom glare you've ever seen in your life. Ooh, uh, judging. And, and cast <laughs> mind spike on it. Uh, so you can make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> ogre zombie. Wow. Let's see. Put it back. I'm not buying it for you. <laughs> Total mom. Like, not in my Oh, no. House. It rolled a two. <laughs> that's a hot. Well, it rolled a four oh. and gets a minus two. Oh. So that's two. No. That's a grand total of two. <laughs> cool. So it's going to take uh, 12 points of psychic damage. Oh. And then not Hello. that I think he's going anywhere, but he also cannot be invisible to me at this point. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> you are going nowhere, young man. Okay. Okay. Oh, the judgment. It's killing me. <laughs> um, okay, great. So, yeah, and this zombie ogre just kind of reels back uh, and is clutching, you know, its head with one hand. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it doesn't quite understand what's happening. <laughs> Minnie, Minnie's just going to say, back to your cage. Go now, shoo. <laughs> Oh, maybe that'll work in a minute, but right now it's still <laughs> right like, what? All right, and then, Xena, we come to you. <laughs> I'm thinking I want to cast Moonbeam where the in the entrance that the other Duragar are coming from so that they stumble right into it. Sure, uh, and, you know, there is this thin hallway uh, that narrows out, so you could definitely drop the moonbeam right there. If you wanted, you could drop it where the ogre is, uh, and then that way, if they were running to fight, uh, they would get... Oh, I guess that would get your companions, so... It's a five-foot radius. It's not It's not that big. All right, so um, you could put it right on the ogre, I think. Uh, it's a large creature. Why not? Mm-hmm. But the other Duragar would... would- Run into that? Basically, they'd have to run around the ogre. It's a it's a kind of a smaller hallway that this ogre is standing in, taking it okay, up all the space. That's cool with me. Yeah. They need to make, or I guess the ogre needs to make, um, a constitution saving throw. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a 17. <laughs> Better constitution than wisdom for uh, zombies. Who knew? It is kind of dead. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, well, they made it. So then they're just going to take half damage, which is... Okay. Uh, there it goes. Into there the void. It goes. It's gone forever. Nah. Goodness. It's Never to forever. be seen again. 18. <laughs> 18. Uh, oh, uh, damage? Uh, no, half of 18. Okay, so Sorry. nine. <laughs> We're all just like... like I did not bother to roll. Xena! Xena for president. <laughs> <laughs> Radiant damage, which I'm sure you know. Yeah, uh, so this ogre kind of steps back as it gets this splitting headache, and then all of a sudden this light is pouring down, and it's just like, all around it um, as this is, you know, happening to this creature. (laughs) Okay, which is going to bring us uh, back up to Gob. What are you up to? I I, uh, stand up straight. Uh, Take a look around. Um, Is there any other exit to this room besides the the door, no window or anything like that. No, nope. this just seemed to be a uh, no windows, uh, just a small bar- bedroom. So, all right, all right, yeah, all right. And uh, I will look to that desk where I saw the um, the glowing object that I presume is the uh, the stolen lantern. And he said it was in mm-hmm. a burlap sack, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I will, I guess, use probably my action to rush over there um scoop everything those crystals i saw everything on the desk that seems to be halfway important into the burlap sack 
throw it over my shoulder and um, turn and jump into the fray with uh, the rest of my allies. Okay, yeah. So I think that'll probably, yeah, take your full round to go ahead and you just can take all of the treasures that I'm you see coming. there, scoop it into the bag uh, and run out there. And so you all see Gob with a sack. Could I take that Duergar's pick too? So like, you, won't, you don't need this no more. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can take a war pick for sure. Confiscated. <laughs> it's cool looking. <laughs> it's very scary. All right. So you come around the corner and you see all of this action unfolding in front of you. Uh, and it is the Duergar's turn. So as, uh, you know, this ogre is kind of like raging and reeling uh, from the moonbeam, it, it has to do the save again now, right? Because it's starting its turn. Mm-hmm. Is that the deal? So. When they start their turn in it. Yeah. When it starts its turn in that area. Okay, so I'm going to make my constitution saving throw. Uh, I got a six. Nope. It's <laughs> poor ogre. Um, so we're rolling your damage. Nine. Okay, all right. So here we go. So here is what's going to happen. So the ogre again gets blasted by this light, and it's just like, ah! <laughs> Literally making that sound, screaming, <laughs> uh, just spinning around. And you see everybody now in the hallway sees two Duogar, like come into that main room, you know, where the gates were. And they're like behind the ogre. So they were clearly like running from either direction. And they look at the ogre who's just like freaking out. And they look at all of you. They look at the body on the ground. And you see these two Duogar vanish. And then the zombie is going to try and swing. Uh, so it's going to go for uh, eeny, meeny, meeny, meeny. Uh, go for Veronica because it's Sage's birthday. I will gladly accept that. So there you go. Uh, It'll will finally it? trigger your armor bag at this. <laughs> nice! You've activated my trap card. Like- <laughs> no! <laughs> the magician hat! Um, so... <laughs> That'll be a 16. Will that hit you? Oh, no. She will bat that hand away like, you will not touch me, you filth. Yeah. So, again, just the, yeah, the club is diverted away, uh, which is going to bring us to Inga. We are at you now. Oh, boy. All right. Let's start wailing on this troll boy. (laughs) With ye old scimitar. No, if, you, if this was a troll, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> or ogre, ogre, yes. But this is just... Trolls, <laughs> trolls are mean. They are scurry. Trolls uh, are extremely that- rude. In Icewind Dale, I will say, there are a couple special trolls, and they are even worse. <laughs> so... Can't wait, can't wait to meet them. I only got a 10 to hit, so I assume that does not hit. No, that is going to, I think, just chunk into kind of the undead flesh, and part of it will fall off, but it's not an integral part of the body. So it doesn't seem to. It's too. not an integral part, like. Yeah, it's like you know, some of it's like arm fat. Like you know, it's like the wings. Gallbladder um, just falls just, out. Like I don't need that. It's fine. I don't need that. It's oh, no. useless. Oh no, a tonsil. <laughs> like. Oh. Yeah, you hit its <laughs> tonsil. Oh god. Okay, uh, and then that's gonna be Minnie. We are up to you. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and warm him up again, or try to. Boop boop boop. boop. And I'm going to fail, because that is a five total. Nope. Uh, (laughs) It's hard to hit this thing that's surrounded now by your friends and in moonlight. There's just a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. Uh, Xena, we come to you. Well, uh, I guess we're going to inflict some wounds. 
Put it out of its misery. I guess. I mean, it- casual. <laughs> Ooh, some casual wound yeah. inflicting. Let's do it. Uh, so let's try to hit this sucker. Ah, 15? 15 is going to hit him. He's oh, a big goodness. target. Big well, old target. It's about time. Big boy. So land a hand on there? Yeah, but. You know, we don't need to do it aggressively. <laughs> we already know. <laughs> a gentle like caress. A like- bad. Bad okay. zombie. <laughs> Sna- slappies. Um, all right. Roll roll that damage. 16 damage. Necrotic damage. Does that, Ooh, does that really uh, affect a zombie that much? Uh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have any kind of resistance to that. So you go ahead and you slap that zombie. Uh, and where you slap it, uh, just this, these black veins, like, move across the skin and it just begins to shrivel, uh, as flesh and bone just dies uh, and desiccates before your eyes uh, as you deal a huge amount of damage uh, to this zombie that does not look in good shape at all, which is going to bring us back up to Gob. Uh, yeah. So I would, um, I rush into where I see all my allies and say, uh, Mindy, Mindy, uh, hold this for me for a minute, would you? Uh, and I toss her the burlap sack and, um, do I, would I notice the other Duergar, have I heard them coming or anything like that? You haven't heard anything, um, and they went invisible before you came around, or I guess, no, you all saw them go invisible. But yeah, you haven't heard the sound of boots or movement or anything toward you all. Can I, and there's still, is there still the present moonbeam blocking the path? There is. All right. Well, I think uh, in Dwarvish, I'd probably shout out and say, hey, uh, we don't, we don't want no more trouble. You saw what we did to your, your friends. We can go now. We got what we came for. Let us go. We won't murder none of you. Uh, persuasion or something like that? Sure. You can make a persuasion. <laughs> I'll do guidance. Hey. Your Brooklyn accent makes me so happy. Like, <laughs> I'm getting yelled at by a guy on the train. Like, I accidentally bumped into you. Get out of here. Like, um, I got. Oh, I think your guidance would end your moonbeam, if I'm not mistaken. It's a but, cantrip, uh, would it? Is it a, it's, it's concentration. concentration. It's a concentration, yeah. so oh, okay. yeah. It's okay. I think I got a pretty good. Uh, I got a 19. 18 plus Oh, you're fine. You ring this out in Dorvish, and um, silence meets you. I think that means, yeah, they're they're into it. (laughs) 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 Totally. Fight to the death. Hmm. Bring it on, then. Uh, And I guess if if I don't hear any response, if that's not my action, then maybe I'd take a defensive stance and (laughs) come out. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can... Take your defensive stance. Yeah, you didn't hear anything back. Anything. Um, all right. Uh, so we are now uh, the... It's the Duergar's turn. Uh, so the ogre is going to have to make that constitution saving throw. Um, ooh, it got a 20. So it's going to take half damage. Uh, so go ahead and roll your moonbeam. Oh. Holy crap. This thing is still alive. Moonbeam, the same. <laughs> 10. <laughs> Ten. All right, so it's going to take five damage, which is enough. What does it look like when this radiant damage incinerates <laughs> this ogre? Well, considering it's already rotting flesh, I think it just just melts right off the bone. Just flesh and mm-hmm. muscle and tissue yeah. just keeps sliding right off of the skeleton. You just, you incinerate this thing. Yeah. That just in this final shock of light, you just hear, oh, no. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, Poor this guy. smoldering... <laughs> 
staying on the ground uh, as this ogre zombie is decimated. And there's that moment of quiet that follows. There are definitely not the sound of footsteps. You also don't get that feeling that anybody is even in this room in front of you any longer. You think that the Durgar might have run out of here. Welcome, Frosty fans, to another chilling mid-roll. Let's take a little break and get y'all warmed up for the second half of this episode. Thank you all so much for being here as we share this super fun side campaign while we take a little break between main campaigns. Your support on Patreon, on social media, on Twitch, and YouTube mean the world to us. And it's all of you out there keeping that hype train going that have us chomping at the bit to return for campaign two. Also, in case you missed your chance to back the Venture Maidens campaign guide on Kickstarter, I've got good news. The 2C Gaming Backer Kit is now live, which means you can head to the Kickstarter page and pre-order a copy of the book. You can also upgrade your existing pledge to order your copies of the Adventure Zines in case you didn't grab them during the Kickstarter. So head on over and check that out. Just type Venture Maidens into Kickstarter and you will find the page. I also want to give a big thank you to this week's sponsor, StartPlaying.Games. StartPlayingGames is an online platform that makes it easy to find and hire professional game masters for your group. Whether you want to hop into a game as a solo player or find a GM available to run a game for your whole group, StartPlayingGames is an excellent way to make sure game night is never cancelled. Every GM registered on the web platform has a detailed profile and customer review, so you are guaranteed to find a storyteller who fits your playstyle. And even better, if you ever wanted to try out some Call of Cthulhu, Cassie Clark, who is the GM of the Lovely Craftians podcast on our network, has two games with seats currently open. So if you want to play Call of Cthulhu with a Penwich Studios star, head to startplaying.games and look up Cassie Clark to grab your spot. I've also included that direct link in our show notes, so get over to startplaying.games to sign up for some fun today. All right, cool cats, that's all the business, so I'll let you get back to the mean streets of Icewind Dale. So, uh, with that, we have left combat. Here you are, uh, standing amidst the smudged remains of this uh, this ogre zombie uh, with this dead Durgar woman in front of you. You can hear uh, the sound of screaming goats from around the corner, uh, who seem very distressed by this whole combat. Uh, and then you have an unconscious Durgar back in that bedroom. Uh, <clears throat> we should probably... Tie them up and then question them. Might be a good idea. 
I I don't. I, there might be more. Um, many in that bag. I uh, I think there's a lantern. I found some magic crystals. I think uh, some paper. Did you find the pearls? I don't. Uh, I may. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I feel like we got to get out of here, or we're gonna get clobbered. <laughs> it's clobbering <laughs> time. Like. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, I mean, we did a, a pretty fair job with with those. And, uh, I don't. I feel like with that alarm that was set off, if there was more than two more, we'd know. Yeah, they might. I don't know. I know. Essentially, I don't think that there are that many of them. Otherwise, we would have seen more than just the two. They also did turn tail and run, so I'm pretty sure we're okay for right now. They could have been going to get more though. <laughs> I don't know. True enough, but essentially... Well, I just don't want these same thieveries to happen again if we don't figure out what's what's hip-hop a-happening down here. And furthermore, I want to look through these knickknacks we found for a minute. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think while you do that, I'd, I'd rush out to the main area and see if I can bust those goats loose. <laughs> like one track my, we'll bring them free. We'll sure, get those goats the free. Okay. Get them free. Um, <laughs> so also, uh, uh, seem, um, since uh, Sea Invisibility actually wasn't a concentration spell, oh, I was totally nice. wrong. Um, so you would have seen then that those Duergar did turn invisible, uh, and then they ran off together down the eastern passageway and through the door. So they definitely like did a 180 and saw the situation and were like, oh no, Uh, and then then left um, (laughs) out to the eastern passageway. So you saw them Mm -hmm. flee. Uh, So they might still be in the fortress somewhere. Mm. Um, You would know. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I'll let them know. They frolicked away like fools. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. Just two, like, Dorgar, like, nah, I don't want to do anything of this. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely had the expressions of, hey, we're going to come help. And then saw the ogre zombie losing, Ooh. saw the dead body on the ground, and saw all of you and were like, oh, no. Uh, no. Oh um, <laughs> we're going to win today. Goodbye. <laughs> So, um, Gob, you can very easily break free these goats, um, who instantly calm down again uh, once they realize you are not going to kill them. Be free. Yeah, and they are very uh, docile, so they don't run off. They start following you um, wherever you go because they don't know what to do without somebody to tell them what to do. Um, And then, so, Minnie, you're opening up the sack of objects and looking at everything? Yeah. And were there papers in there as well, did you say? Yes. Um, So in everything in the sack, uh, there are several shards of a dark crystal um, that you can kind of pick up and look at. And uh, it's it's very beautiful. It looks like ice, um, but has this kind of blackish, smoky quality to it. So you find several shards of that uh, in this bag. You also see uh, that in the sack there is yeah, the the lantern that you can pull out um, which looks a little bit banged up now after being thrown in a sack and thrown around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It changes from green to red to blue and then just kind of cycles back. What could it. this um, be from, I wonder? Yeah. Powerful magic. <laughs> 
and it has a little hook on the top where you might hang it from above the door, uh, one wow. might say. Wow. Um, that's really all it seems to do. It doesn't seem to have any other cool features. It's just like a magic LED lamp. Also in there, you do see a crumpled up piece of paper um, that has a message written on it in Dwarven runes. Oh. Ah. Ice cream. Gob. Gob. They followed me. I don't know what to do. It's fine. I, <laughs> I could take 10 minutes and cast comprehend languages. No, but no, no, get just, that. Let me. I mean, I just can, give it to Gob. It's I fine. He read, can read I can it. Read. I, yeah. I'll spread it against the wall and, and see if I can make it out. So you see that uh, this piece of paper is a letter and it says, Brother, you will find me on the frozen ferry in East Haven. From this new base, the search for Shardalin continues. Long may our father reign over this dark land. And it's signed Dearth. It's a funny name, Dearth. Hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know what any of that means besides East Haven. <laughs> you know that East Haven is one of the ten towns uh, in Icewind Dale. Um, also in the bag, you find uh, 25 beads um, that are carved from pearls. Uh, you find a couple other things, too. You find uh, like a tinkerer's set of tools. Um, and I think, let's see, there was something else. There's another kind of tool set. Um, oh, there it is. Damn. Okay. One solid 25 pearls carved into decorative beads, uh, three daggers, a set of wood carvers tools, a set of navigators tools, fishing tackle, uh, and then a small vial, stoppered vial of a reddish liquid. Looks an awful lot like a potion of healing. Oh, super neat. Medicine. You're, you're sure this is a potion of healing? Gob, you might want to tuck that away since, you know, you like taking pics to the face. Well, mm. I mean, let's get somewhere safe where we can divvy it up. Um, you know, True. I'm, I'm fine for right now. We also probably should go check on her guide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She might be getting bamboozled. Uh, or she's frozen solid. Either way. It's cold out there. Oh, yeah. she she's capable. So, did you tell us what the letter said, I assume? Yeah, I would have read it out loud. Um, does... You know, real slow. <laughs> uh, Shardalin, does that ring any bells for me with, like, a history check? Uh, why don't you go ahead, yeah, make a history check. Um, see if you know what that is. Minnie holds out her hand for guidance. Ladies, <laughs> someone, anyone, oh, guidance, guidance. Okay. Nine plus two is eleven. <laughs> plus five is sixteen. That's good. So with this, Shardalin, something about that name seems familiar. Um, and you've spent a lot of time in Icewind Dale, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh. You are pretty sure you've heard of this substance before, though you weren't really sure if it was real or not, or kind of a legend. Um, so Shardalin, uh, it's also known as like black ice. Um, it is this substance that is a very powerful magical conduit. Um, you know that, um, like, in ancient cultures, um, wizards used to use this um, to make magical artifacts of because it holds magic and uh, amplifies magic so well. You also do know that um, there was something really inherently evil 
about Shardalin. Um, it had this kind of power to corrupt and twist the minds of those who, who used it and held on to it for too long. Honestly, you, you don't really think that was real. Um, so it's kind of jarring, uh, to see that, that word, um, presented in this letter. Um, also, you would get a, you could probably put together that those shards, those, uh, crystal shards, that might be Shardalin that you have. All right. Uh, great. <laughs> She'll relay all this. And while she's doing it, she takes out like a spare knapsack from her bag and kind of wraps up those and just like puts it in the sack by itself and then throws it in the purse. I think, Minnie, I think you catch yourself for a moment as you're wrapping it and you're about to kind of fold that burlap over. You're like, but it's so pretty. And then you can, you know, kind of shake it away and put it in your bag. But just for a moment, you felt it calling to you. Not the tingles. Uh -oh. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't found oh, no. that <laughs> oh, no. time. <laughs> Bucket and a mop, I'm just saying. <laughs> It'll freeze right away. Um, okay, well, we should uh, make sure nobody gets a hold of this. I'll hold on to it for a while in my purse. Oh, yeah. Should we... Uh are we gonna are we gonna track down these um these two who's it's or are we gonna go that back down the well and, and meet up with uh, Jatha? What do you think? I don't At know. this point we should probably just walk out the door, but we should also try to wake up that one to ask a couple of questions. Cause I'd really like to know why these things were taken. So, you know, this doesn't happen again after we leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So you want to try and rouse the uh, the unconscious Durgar after tying up and oh, all right. that. Yeah, doing the business. Can I borrow some of your rope? <laughs> <laughs> no, wind, wind, wind. Um, yeah, so you do. Uh, you you tie up this Durgar and you know kind of slap him to consciousness and you know it, just the shuddering face and you know these these red kind of sullen eyes sort of open up, staring hatefully. At all of you, as he's kind of slumped in this corner. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'll serve as translator. Um, v, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, why are you here? Uh, and the duogar <laughs> spits a big fat loogie on the ground at your feet. <laughs> Veronica will raise her hand, and a great axe will just kind of appear out of nowhere, and she will place it. Uh, right up against his neck. That wasn't what, that wasn't the answer I was looking for. So again, why are you here? And she will roll uh, an intimidation check. Seems fair. <laughs> Just cause, yeah. Ooh, okay. 27. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and Gob, I'm assuming you're translating because you can tell this Duergar doesn't understand uh, common when you're saying it. Um, and so this Duergar, you know, kind of, despite their cool, as ice demeanor, you see like that swallow happens as your, you know, axe <laughs> comes by his neck. Uh, and then he, you know, stares once again, his beady eyes kind of scanning the room here uh, and then lands to Gob, who he knows can understand him. And he says, my father is more powerful than any of you filthy creatures could imagine. You don't understand the glory of it, the power found in the ice. None of you do. 
but you will learn soon enough. When my father unleashes his terror upon ten towns, your doom soars on dragon's wings, he says, and then kind of clamps his jaw shut and lifts up his neck towards your axe, Veronica. <sighs> Always with the theatrics. <laughs> Veronica will wave her hand away and the axe will disappear. I'm not going to kill you. That would be too easy. But you will answer for your crimes. Let's take him back to the town. Yeah, daddy's boy. Uh, come on. Um, I guess I will try to hoist this uh, this Durgar up mm-hmm. and do like a fireman's carry, I guess. Um, trailed by my goats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. There's a whole <laughs> lot going on with Gob right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So like an athletic. And this Duergar fully intends to be dead weight and to make your carrying him as hard as possible. Um, but he'll stay quiet and you take him uh, and the goats you know, follow obediently behind. Yeah. I give him a toss down the well and um, jump in after Clash. if I can. <laughs> I guess if that's the plan. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. (laughs) Nope, you're gone now. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like, I mean, the drawbridge is open or currently down. So you could just open up the front doors and walk out um, if you would like. We could just tie him to Inga and have her drag him through the snow. But if you don't mind, I don't know. Dragging Durgar through the snow. <laughs> on, a, on, a one, uh, on a one centaur deer sleigh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Inga, are you are you cool with dragging this Durgar behind? Oh, sure. Yeah. So is that the plan, kids? We're all going back out to meet um, Jartha? Mm-hmm. Supposed to stand wary as we go. Yeah, you are keeping your eyes out, you know, over this landscape. Um, and Zena, you know, you're you're clocking around, especially with your sea invisibility. Um, and, you know, as you step outside, um, and once again, it's, you know, the green and purples of the twilight sky. You're scanning the snow. You don't see any Duergar. Um, you all don't see any footprints. Um, nothing. So maybe they were wiser about getting out of here, or maybe they're still there. It's hard to say. Um, but you, you know, drag this Durgar across the snowy landscape, uh, and you see over one of these crested ridges, Jartha's, like, head, you know, her dwarven face pops up, uh, over the edges, and you see just her eyes in between the lines of fur, where she was, like, crouched down on the snow, uh, and she shakes off a bunch of the snow that she's built around herself into this kind of, like, tiny igloo, uh, and stands up and waves and's like, I was worried about you all! (laughs) Seems like you brought back a friend! Oh, we're fine, sweetheart. Gob just got a little boo-boo, but he's doing okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, she'll, as you all get closer, uh, I think, you know, her eyes widen uh, as she sees this Durgar that you are pulling behind you. Uh, and she says, what? Wh- where did he come from? Wh- there's Durgar here? Apparently. Yeah, and they're the ones who've been taking everything. They never come above ground. I don't... Why? And she she looks disgusted and extremely alarmed by the presence of this Durgar. Um And I think all of you would know, I mean, dwarves and Durgar have warred against each other for for centuries this is a this is a very very old racial conflict uh that you're seeing unfold in front of you we got him he's harmless his daddy's boy 
uh, we figured we'd take him back to uh, Koenig and um, you lock him up. Maybe you get some answers out of him. We got the uh, the missing uh, crap. I mean, the uh, items back. And um, we should head back indoors, and then we can discuss what we've learned. Um, we should. Yeah. Um, where where there's one Duergar, there's there's always more. Yeah, two more back yeah, there. Actually, less, so yeah. might want to get some some of your friends on that at your leisure. <laughs> Her expression goes very vicious, and she says, I think I'll do just that. You should probably also let the other dwarves in the valley know that there are Dorgar in their midst. And um, we've secured them a new uh, fortress. Yeah. Well, um, let's get you back to Karakonig, and we'll go from there. Um, and with that, she yeah begins to stomp lead you um across the tundra and um this time it's much faster because you're not following tracks um you know you were going back to a set destination so it takes you only a few hours um to make it back uh to Kerkonig. and i think it would be probably close to night is approaching so the sky is slightly darker than the dark it usually is um as you are coming into town and as you are dragging this Duergar behind you, who has been absolutely silent, um, not any kind of acknowledgement uh, of you or the situation or the pain or the cold he must be experiencing, just this deadpan silence, um, the people of Kerkonig come out of the streets and start to cluster around, staring at you all as you are moving into town, just wondering what is going on. Um so where where are you going uh, at this point? Guess yes, Jartha. There's like any kind of like holding cell like sort of situation. Uh, and she says, "I um, we have a cellar underneath Frozen Far. That would probably be the uh, the closest thing we have to a to a jail cell. We could put him down there, close the trap door." Put some heavy things on it uh, until the town speaker decides what to do uh, with them. Be careful, this guy turns invisible. You can get real big, real strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know what the Duergar are capable of. Oh, good. So you know he's a complete turd. Yeah. Can I uh, turn towards uh, the Duergar? Well, what's your name, Daddy's boy? Come on. Spit it out. Silence. Come on. I give him a little nudge with the toe of my my boot. Come on, and he'll <laughs> he'll kind of cough out Nildar Sunblight, and you best do well to remember the name Nildar Sunblight. <laughs> hmm. Fancy name for someone who's been dragged through the snow for hours. He literally can't understand <laughs> you and wouldn't respond if he could. <laughs> <laughs> she feels good about herself. <laughs> <laughs> you let uh, whoever knows that it's Nilda Sunblight, the uh, big, big daddy's boy. You write that down somewhere. And uh, can we uh, go get some warm food somewhere? Yeah. So you did uh, remember that at the Northern Lights, uh, if you return the lantern, they offered you free beer, free rooms, free food. Um, they couldn't pay you, but they could give you these things. So. Um, yeah, so you can definitely part ways. Uh, Jartha will, you know, take up dragging off um, Nildar uh, to trap in the cellar underneath Frozen Far Expeditions uh, while you all go to the northern 
lights in. Uh, and as you step through the door, you are greeted with finally the warmth of a fire and you're out of the chill. And, you know, you've only been gone for like less than a day, but oh, it is horrible out there. Um, I Negative 45 degrees is the average temperature in Icewind Dale. So stepping through the door, you feel <laughs> defrosted. <laughs> Um, and immediately, you know, Allie, uh, one of the sisters who runs this in, you know, she comes from around the, the bar and is like, you, you've made it back. Uh, are you okay? Is, is everything fine? What, um, here, sit down. And she's, you know, trying to help you take off your cloaks and just get you all comfortable. So please. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, of course. Thank um, you. Uh, did you, did you find it? What, what happened? Lift up that lantern. Oh my god, you got it back! Uh, that's that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, I um, Corey, Corey, uh, and she, you know, yells back towards the kitchen, and you see Corey, you know, her older sister, uh, steps through, and this ge- look of genuine surprise uh, as she sees the lantern and all of you alive, and she's like, "Oh, um, uh, uh, yes, um, food, okay," and she runs back and, um. You know, Allie immediately, like, cradles the lantern to her chest, uh, you know, and starts kind of cleaning it up and puts it up on the bar and looking at, you know, the dented pieces and, uh, you know, remembers what's happening and comes around. And uh, you all hear a voice from that armchair by the fire and you hear, uh, so you've made it back in one piece. Who was it? Who are the brigands? <laughs> As you see, Trovis, uh, the silver dragonborn town speaker, uh, still in the exact same chair where you left him uh, before addressing you all with a nice frosty mug uh, in one of his talons. It seems that you all have some visiting Duragar. Duragar? No. They don't go up outside. Upside. They don't go upside. They'd stay... They stay underground. That's the Duergar. Oh, please, kind sir. Go and look into the cellar. I guarantee you we are correct. Also, is he still drunk? Or more drunk? He looks like he's on a new drunk. <laughs> he's kind of got like a like a rosy silver to his uh, scaled Goodness. face right now. <laughs> Whoa, you're serious. That's, um... Uh, okay. So a Duergar was taking all of the town's items yeah yeah it seemed like the um bunch of the uh what uh, mr sunblight was uh he was collecting some kind of chardonnay crystals chardonnay and crystals. <laughs> he nods magical i yeah it's beyond my comprehension but yeah okay, so some dark business he, who knows it's just one duergar no a bunch of just them. steal a bunch of them yeah. there are at least four Oh, and why did you see why? Who has that letter? Uh, I guess yeah, I'd probably. Uh, I think Min- sure yeah, Minerva or Gob would have it. But yeah, if you want to, you read the, you read Dwarvish. Yeah, I read Dwarvish. Who doesn't read Dwarvish? He holds it really <laughs> far away from his face. Oh, there's Dugargar in East Haven. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not good. We should let them know right away that. If there's more Duergar, this is a this is a major threat to Ten Town. We can't just have invisible Duergar walking around Ten Towns. What's going on? Why are they here? I think that they're are with uh, the 
statement from Mr. Sunblight of saying that our doom shall come on dragon's wings, I think that might be a literal threat. Dragon? This is all. And he kind of, yeah, puts a hand to his head. He's like, this is all a big problem. Um, You all have helped us out so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But we need to warn East Haven if there's Duergar around there too. Can you, can you go to East Haven and, and, and let them know this threat and I'll contact the rest of 10 towns and try to get a, a council together and we can all meet in Bryn Shander and um, see what, what's happening. But, but if you all go to East Haven, that would be good. I desperately want to know what the councilman looks like from (laughs) Dugan's Hole. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know that, um, so Ten Towns is a loose confederation of these Ten Towns. Um, usually they just run everything in-house, but every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, all of the town speakers, uh, come together and, um, make these group decisions. But something like that is extremely rare because all Ten Towns are so insular and so competitive with each other. Uh, it's a rare event, but if, you know, a threat was great enough. Maybe that could actually work, and there could be a uh, a town council again. So yeah, so this this dragonborn is pleading with you to go to East Haven and stop whatever the Duergar are doing there. Well, we will need some funds if we're to travel. Is this something that we could manage? We don't have any money. Shit, that sucks. <laughs> you got booze money. Yeah. <laughs> A supply and a sled of dogs would bring us quite far. Oh. It's a booze. Yeah, I can probably, we can get you some dogs. Uh, and, you know, Allie and Corey have kind of like, you know, been overseeing this conversation. And now they come out, you know, with, with soup and bread and food and ale. Um, and, you know, are getting you all set up as this is happening. And Allie says, you know, we we have some money saved up. We can certainly go ahead and, you know, try and get you those those dogs, whatever you need. Um, and, uh, yeah, Corey says, if Duogar really are in, I mean, out here, and if they're making a move on 10 Towns, we want to do whatever we can to help. This isn't going to be good. Um, I, I've never actually seen a Duergar, but, you know, the, the dwarves are close. We've heard stories, and um, she shudders, um, looking very distressed. Yeah, it's, it's business. <laughs> you know, if we go to East Haven, maybe you could send a messenger to the dwarves over by Kelvin's and... Um, Maybe they got something to say about this, too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Corey nods, and she says, um, I'll, I'll make sure um, Jartha gets out to them. Um, she's probably the fastest person we have here. Uh, if you hurry, um, you can make it to Cair uh, Dinevol, which is the next town over, in about two hours. Um, and then I think East Haven's probably about nine or so from there, if the roads stay clear. Um but of course, you're welcome to stay here, and everything's on us. Just thank you for this. Um, if there's anything else we can do, 
we don't have much, but we we want to help. Mm, delicious. I'm going to go have a bath. Thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Allie's like, oh, we'll start melting the snow. Uh, more breadsticks, uh, please. Thank you. <laughs> hey. yeah, yeah, thank you. More <laughs> when do we get to Olive Garden? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unlimited breadsticks. The Northern Olive right. Garden. Oh no. <laughs> Can it at least oh, be boy. like a red lobster, like biscuits <laughs> for the biscuits? Yes, cheddar biscuits. The only thing that's oh. good there. <laughs> yeah, so many. Thank like, God we brought those goats back. They definitely provide oh, the cheese yeah. in those biscuits. Basically, <laughs> they're probably just standing in the middle of this area oh, yeah, right in the now. corner. I think probably Allie would have run out and let you know the the couple down the way who owns the goats know, and they're a very joyful Aww. reunion with the goats, and they're like, oh, oh yes, my goat, my baby. And hug the goat, and the goats are so happy, and it's very cute. Oh, very good. These are not goats for slaughtering, these are clearly beloved family goats. Um, I pet them goodbye, That's said, cute. so long, fellas. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs> Oh man! So I guess they waddle yeah. out. We yeah, dressed up, rejuvenate, get our spell slots back. Sure. Right, <laughs> new hairstyles. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yes. Do your hair, get it all back. Um, yeah, so you can certainly spend the night uh, here, and you are well fed, well taken care of. Um, so yeah, are you all intending to head out for East Haven as soon as possible? Tomorrow morning? Mm-hmm. Yes, so. but we yes. need to return the pearls, too. They're that broke. You all are so good. You all are such if they're good that beans. broke, I'm not going to take it. It is, it is, it's been years of Arl's bullshit, and everybody is having a very bad time. So, yeah. All right, so morning comes around. You all know, I think, from your internal clocks rather than the motions of the sky. Uh, you can tell that there is a a chill in the air that indicates the weather may not be great. Um, so feeling that, it's probably best if you head out very, very quickly and try to make it uh, to the next town over before the weather turns foul. How long of a trip mm-hmm. is this, from our knowledge? So from Care Koenig to Care Dineval, which is the next town over. So let me go ahead. I'll show you all the map real quick. Uh, so looking on the map here, so you all, Care Koenig, uh, this m- northeast point. Uh, so traveling to Care Dineval, which is the next town down to the southwest, that's going to be about two hours if the weather doesn't f- mess up. And then uh, down from Care Dineval, you're going to make your way all the way down here to East Haven, which is about a nine-hour trek. And um, the roads are pretty destroyed uh, just by snow uh, and weather and foul passage. So it might be harder than that. Uh, but that's best case scenario. You're looking at 11 hours. Oh, that is a trek. Mm-hmm. Should we get any supplies before we leave? Get some doggy bags to go as well if they're going to be hospitable like that. Uh, some dog. Yes, they will definitely stock you up with food for rations that will cover you for at least three days, um, which is certainly more than enough if things go well. <sighs> I have a feeling they won't. But <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> what do you I mean? I have a bad <laughs> feeling about this. So, do we have our own dog sled and team? Uh, so, if you would like, uh, they can conjure enough money to buy you enough for one dog team so that'll be six dogs and a sled 
Um, and a sled is basically enough to carry one medium-sized creature or a bunch of stuff. Oh, I can um, I can wrangle these poochies. I uh, I got a little bit of training, so uh, just putting that out there. I got really small legs <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> and I will say, you could either do the the dog team and sled, um, or you could all get snowshoes if you wanted to do that. Um, that's probably about the equivalent value. I did a um, I did a calculation. I can actually push, pull, and drag about seven hundred pounds because I count as a large creature. That would be more than a sled dog do- dog sled. <laughs> Let's get those shoes. <laughs> Everybody shoes. just pile on Inga. Apparently, <laughs> dog pile. So, if you would like Inga, you can get a sled, um, and then you know some of you could get shoes uh, and kind of make it that way, so you could carry a lot of stuff. Yeah, can I, that definitely makes can sense. Can I so, yeah. saddle up a dog and ride? Because I'm small. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a small uh, I'll say, fella. You know what? Sure. Ma- they will give you <laughs> yeah. a riding Oh my dog. god, it's literally a Malamute. Yeah. I will, <laughs> yes. I it's a, basically a wolf. Yeah, what, is he, what does your dog look like? What is your dog's name? Oh my god. Um, Balto. <laughs> named Bal- Balto. Balto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thunder. 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 Okay. Good. What does Balto Thunder look like? Balto uh, Thunder. Oh. He's just uh white and, and gray. He's got um one big spot over one eye. Aww. One one floppy Cute. ear. <laughs> Cute. Oh, What's his disposition? Probably tough as shit yeah. if he's uh, made it out here, because uh, he looks like a nice snack for a bunch of the things in Icewind Dale. So, um, yeah, I think tough as nails. Cute. Oh my god, giant corgi, do it! <laughs> oh my god, he's a snow corgi. <laughs> so you get your sled. You all get snowshoes. You get Balto Thunder, uh, and you begin to head off. Um, going uh, north or southwest, uh, traveling on the road to Cairdinval. And I think traveling goes pretty well for like the first hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but that chill begins to creep in and the wind starts to blow. Uh, and you begin to see these flurries kind of picking up uh, as you were making your way across the uh, the place where you know the road was, but just layers of ice and snow have decimated uh, this area, which has made it impossible for caravans to even reach Kerkonig, which is one of the reasons Kerkonig is so poor compared to the rest of Ten Towns. Uh, and, you know, another hour passes, and now this this point the wind is just blowing furiously and you're realizing that if you had gone the right way you should have made it to care Dineval by now but maybe because the roads are so impacted it's just really become a problem and at this point the wind is just picking up and whipping in your direction and a full-on blizzard has started to set in as the sky blackens and these flurries of ice crystals are like hitting you in the face and your eyes. Uh, and it has just become so miserable. You can't even look up at this point as you're pushing your way through the snow. So if all of you would like to try and continue, I would like uh, some group survival checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's go ahead and start with, yeah, let's start with a group survival check and see how that goes. Oh, oh no. I got an eight. <laughs> 18. Okay, that's good. Natural 20 plus two, 22. Ooh, okay. 15. 
All right. Baltop right. knows the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guide us. Oh, oh beautiful thunder. A, uh, a natural one plus Ooh. five, so six. Okay. But that's three successes, though. So that as a group, you succeed. Um, and you are pushing through this blizzard, trying to stay on course. And there are moments when the snow is so thick and the wind so fierce that you lose sight of your companions but because you all succeeded you managed to still stay together in that unit somehow but you feel like you know if you're continuing pushing on this blizzard might have divided you lost you each in the snow as the howling roar of this blizzard just makes it impossible to hear anything and you can't see anything and you are so consumed with the misery of this moment and you need to get some shelter very very quickly so one of you who is leading point who is the person that's kind of leading this group right now probably Inga, yeah since she's being a native yeah all right then Inga, why don't you go ahead and make me a final survival check to see um if there's anything you can do in this because you guidance. are all gonna die guidance. out here i guide thee <laughs> yes <laughs> hell yes that is a 15 plus five is Unnatural 20 plus 3, 23. Okay, yeah. So, Inga, you are just trying to scan the landscape. And now you are sure that you all have wandered off course because Kerr Koenig should have been, or Kerr Denival should have been in sight by now. So, you, you are off the map. So, you are just looking for anywhere, like a ledge or a ridge or like a, a nice patch of not icy snow so you can, you know, burrow down to pass out this blizzard. And you see, you manage to spot um, on this next kind of cresting ridge a a structure it looks like and as you continue to to push through you see it's a it's a cabin um this this dark wooden cabin that kind of stands out uh, to you and you can see parts of it are ruined parts of it are worn away but you know that that is probably going to be your best bet uh for for structure She'll definitely uh, point point out this structure. She's like, it's probably trap in Screaming. the blizzard, but <gasps> willing to take chance. <laughs> Let's go. What? <laughs> yeah. Hold on to rope so we can get to cabin. <laughs> So Inga, you didn't hear anything, but Inga's <laughs> throwing a rope at you all, I think. Yeah. All right, so you all kind of grab onto sure. a rope uh, and make your way towards this <laughs> yeah. cabin. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right, so as you are approaching, you see perched on the edge of a snowy ridge above a gorge is a black lodge on wooden stilts. Whatever path might have led to this ramshackle retreat lies buried under snow. Icy steps climb to a snow-covered walkway that clings to the south side of the structure. The building's slumped posture and sagging snow-covered roof coupled with the broken windows and loose flapping shutters suggests utter abandonment. Large snowdrifts huddle around the rotting stilts and engulf a nearby woodshed and outhouse only the wind visits the sinister place but now all of you do as well as you're pushing your way towards this black cabin so conveniently in front of you in the snow don't say it like that (laughs) (laughs) that's where we're gonna end i have to say it like that because that's our cliffhanger that's where we're ending today's episode as you have reached the black cabin seems cozy uh 
Um, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us uh, for the second episode of our Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frostman playthrough. Uh, we're starting to get into some plot. Things are getting interesting. It's spooky. Uh, it's, it's spooky. Uh, Will Mills claimed, congratulations. Uh, yes, scary, scary times in Icewind Dale. Uh, so, once again, thank you all for uh, being here. I am Celeste Conowich, and I have been your dungeon master slash uh, one of your official authors of this adventure. <laughs> and I'm Joe. I have been your North fighter, Gob Herkenstone. Hi, I'm Katie, and I played Minerva Tinkerbobble, your grand divination wizard. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, I'm Nassim. I played your Kalistar <laughs> cleric, uh, Xena Orendi. And I am Sage, and I have played Inga, your centaur druid of the stars. And I'm Vincent, your changeling hexblade warlock, slashing away to save the day. <laughs> Yes! Thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'm so glad you all lived. Right. Uh, <laughs> so are we, let me tell you. And another very happy birthday to Sage. Yes! yes. Happy, happy birthday! birthday. Thank That's you. why I let you all live. So Sage's birthday. Um, totally. So if you are new to the Venture Maidens, uh, welcome. This is just one of the many shows that we have on this channel. Uh, so to keep up with us, please do follow us on social media at Venture Maidens on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and please make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, it really helps us if you subscribe to this channel. And of course, just, you know, let people know that you always hang out. Cool times, Wednesday nights. Uh, we are going to be back uh, with main campaign of Venture Maidens next Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be uh, episode 96 of our campaign. So we're getting there towards towards some hot stuff. Uh, so please join us next week then. And of course, this campaign will be back the week after that. Uh, so on the 13th, you can catch us uh, right back here, 7pm on the channel. Um, is that it? Did I get all the things? Everybody? Yeah? All right. God, uh, stay frosty. Yeah, was what right. said, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, so thank you everybody so much for joining us. Until next time. Stay, Stay frosty. frosty. Stay frosty. We need to work on that get a little bit. Hey there, thanks for listening to the episode, but before you go, we got one more sponsor for you, okay? Okay, I'm not going to do that the whole time. But our awesome sponsor this time is Describe. Are you looking to jump behind the DM screen but worry about being at a loss for words? What if a team of professional writers were sitting right there beside you during your prep and in-game, helping you describe your world and bring it to life? Describe is the next best thing. Spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B, Describe offers over 2,100 scenes of places, monsters, and spells, and the collection just keeps growing.
They're just like box texts from your favorite adventure book, but designed to be read aloud in your own campaign. Start the adventure of a lifetime with the help of Describe's finely crafted box text. Visit Describe.com slash Penwich. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com slash Penwich. Try two weeks for free by using the code Penwich at checkout. 